Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Materia Possessions. Do not believe Ondor's lies. This is the only video game podcast that exists in the world, which is why it's also the best video game podcast in the world. I am one of your semi-regular hosts, Miriam Strom. I am, as is so often the case, joined by one Imran Khan. I haven't looked at our numbers recently, but I feel like they could. we could be the best podcast. Like, there's nothing that I know specifically that indicates otherwise. Legally, we're allowed to say that we're the best podcast in the world. Right. I don't know that I'm lying. There's right. no way you can prove that I know that I am lying. Exactly. I, I, and you know what? As long as I don't check, I can never prove it. Yeah. And ignorance somebody, is justification. You know what? Somebody who I know does not value ignorance whatsoever because uh, he's a bit of a newsy here and there is one John Warren. Hi, I really thought you were going to introduce the rest of us as Captain Bosch von Ronsenberg, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm also here. No, he's uh, dead. Yeah, that's true. I'm Captain. I'm Captain Bosch. Should I speak in Vaughn's voice the entire oh, no, time? Please, 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 dear no. God, no. <laughs> only if you wear the Vaughn outfit, I think. <laughs> only if I wear oh, the little. Yeah. Only if the I wear the little vest. vest. Yeah. Sure, I'll go get it on. You know what, um, I Vaughn. Vaughn is not as annoying as people, I think, like, say he is. I think that was a bad yeah, era sure. for internet discussion. But have y'all, th- have y'all ever considered that Vaughn wears basically Toad's outfit, but seriously? <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I think yeah. it's that, like, he looked kind of twinky in a point where, like, it's, yep. it's well, what's the word? It's uh, fashionable to, like, a game has a, f- like, feminine representation of a man. Ergo, yeah. this game is, like, mockable. I, I, sure. I, I, I will say my, my actual problem is that both Ash and Bosch, really every other character is a better main character than Vaughn right. is. It's true. Yes. Right. Balthier was originally supposed to be the main character, which I'm sure you already knew, Mike Williams. Uh, Mike Williams did not actually know that, but yeah. he really should. Like, basically every other main character in Final Fantasy XII, which is one of my faves, is a better main character than Vaughn. I get the yes. idea of Vaughn. He's supposed to be the, the I have no idea what's going on. Please introduce me to all of this. But everybody else has motivation, and he's right. just a he's dude. There. Yeah. Like, Final Fantasy XII is essentially just Star Wars. It is like, yes. take the princess to the thing and let her do the, like, it, give her nukes. The young but, kid from the desert hangs out with somebody who runs a spaceship who has a big, sexy, hairy friend. But that's the thing, <laughs> is that, like, you can have analogs for all the kids, like, Bosch is the Obi-Wan, Balthier is the Han Solo, whatever. You'd think maybe Vaughn would be the Luke, but Vaughn's the R2-D2. And Pinello oh. is a C3BO. They're just characters okay. who are like there to observe and don't really have real, yeah. a whole lot of things with the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he becomes it's, like a fairy king or something. I forget how that sequel works. Uh, oh, yeah, he's like I a remember, pirate. Own, yeah. Yeah. The, he, he like runs his own pirate crew. He become finally becomes a sky captain. Um, oh, in the world of tomorrow, one might even say. Completely canon, that sequel. That DS sequel to Final Fantasy XII. I believe it. I've not played it, but I actually I've heard people like it. Yeah, right? Revenant Wings. It's pretty good. Revenant Wings. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, a lot of there, God, there's so many good DS games out there that you just like can't play anywhere now. Even yeah. on like 3DS, it was never available. God, yeah. I mean, that's true of basically like every handheld device now. But oh, it's getting so annoying at this point where like, hey, remember Etrian Odyssey? And it's like, oh yeah, they're bringing back like the first two Etrian Odyssey. No, it's the first three Etrian Odysseys. And it's like, oh, that's really cool that they're bringing those back in this form. Now, what about like? All the other stuff, but I guess we're getting there. I mean, Ghost Trick also got announced that that same thing recently, huh? Yeah, that was and like, one. yes, we're getting Etrian Odysseys, but we're not getting the improved Etrian Odysseys, and now there's no way to buy them. Yes. yes, exactly. So that's what, it, yeah, right. That was what I was going, what I was kind of getting at. I lost my train of thought, but right, there's no Etrian Odyssey Untold One and Two in that collection. It's this. It's just the raw vanilla ones, which I guess, like, maybe if this thing is popular, they put out one and two but like also you can't buy one and two anymore legally let me say though it's never been a better time to hack three yes it's never been easier never been better it has actually never been like i was look. i hacked my 3ds a couple of years ago and like it hacks like any other system hacks like yeah you can you can do whatever but it's not easy you still have to like find a rom online download it transfer it over blah blah blah. the modern 3ds hacks are like literally hey we made a fake store look Uh up the game you want Uh and it will just download download it for free Mm -hmm. yep it's wild which like maybe that thing that eShop was not making as much money as they wanted but i feel like they make zero money from the fake store. They would yes, make right. some money from the real store. It's so strange. This is also the company that said, like, you can buy remakes of all the, th- of not, well, sorry, not all the 3D Mario games. You can buy remakes of some of the 3D Mario games, <laughs> but only for three months. Go fuck yourself. Only for yeah. three months. And they're not really remakes at all. They're just, no. and there's no bonus content. And, um, in and fact, fuck they're kind of janky in some places. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then one of the games that should have been packaged with it is just kind of floating in the ether. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then it sold Bizarre. 8 million copies. So yep. who the fuck yeah. knows? Totally disincentivized to change. That's and yet Metroid Prime is like the exact example of like oh, what you yeah. would want. Right. That that remake sounds like it's fucking incredible. Oh, it's really good. Yeah. It's fucking incredible. Came at like a decent price. Like yep. yeah. just sort of, just sort of came out of nowhere. So there was no expectations on it. And this, just, it was like, like it, it continues to sell. Like I, it was top on Amazon for a while and will just not ever go off sale. Right. Presumably. That's that. That's well, what until Nintendo there. stops selling it, you know. Yeah, right. Nintendo's like, nah, we're gonna shut down the Switch eShop, y'all. It's it's 2024. Uh, y'all <laughs> have had enough time to get all the games. Uh, Switch Two is out in two years, but in the meantime, I don't think so. I do think, like, honestly, I feel like there are some games where they should, from a business perspective, do that thing where they're like, eh, it's only be on sale for like five months, right. because like. I, I'm looking at Advance Wars one and two, and I'm right. thinking that game sixty bucks, maybe a bit much, whatever. I'm not here to get yeah, a price steep, 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 yeah. But like that, I feel like that game is going to head to a, towards a historic bomb. That game is going yeah, to be like I do too. I would I would be shocked if five hundred thousand worldwide forever. Like if yeah. that's like that game sells more than that because one, it should have come out last year and people still cared about it. Uh, yeah. Two. It, it is now coming out to such a dearth of marketing that yeah. I feel like even the people who would care about the game don't care about it now. And three, right. I, I think it's just like kind of a bad like proposition, like, like a bad package proposition Value as a whole. proposition for there 60 bucks. There was a, um, it, the Switch had this thing going. I don't know if they're still doing it, but uh, if you go to the eShop, they have this thing where you can, you can spend a hundred bucks on a two for one voucher. 
which right. basically allows you to just like put two games in your cart um, from a specific list and then just like check out basically. And when I did that, I got I got Tears of the Kingdom, and then right, like I was like should. I was like, okay, what's the second one I'm getting? And this list is like it's it's chock full of like pretty big games and also a few upcoming games like Pikmin Four. And I was like, okay. And I keep looking, and it's like I'm looking at Pikmin Four next to Advance Wars One and Two, and they both cost the same amount of money. And I'm like, wild. I'm like that. The optics of that alone are just that it just kind of buries this game. Yeah, I tell you, I should otherwise be pretty excited about, but like they've 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 fucked this up at every single turn. I feel like. It, it as for as easy it is to play DS games now for free off of a digital storefront. Uh-huh. It is much easier to play GBA games than it has yep. been for but, decades. Mm-hmm. But also, yep, 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 yep. the Nintendo Switch Online thing. Like, come on, guys, these are just ROMs. Like, people have gone on and literally, yeah. like, oh, these are literally just ROMs. They're just literally in out. some cases other just people's put, ROM dumps. Yeah, just They're, put the, the games all out. Nintendo very afraid of having any part of their business though be looked at like a steal for for whatever reason they're to- they're they're interested in being a premium minded product and so that's why they that's why they do these slow drips that's why they do this like false scarcity and it's maddening and I don't know when they I don't know when they relinquish that philosophy because it's been happening pretty much ever since the dawn of the digital age, you know? So it's like, I, I, yeah, I don't know when it, I don't know how it changes because yeah, you know, the, cause the ease of getting these ROMs and playing them on my steam deck is never easy. been easier, <laughs> never and, been easier. And someone so, was looking and it was like, are we even going to get to the level that virtual console cut off on like in well, terms no. of full releases? And never. apparently they won't. Right. <laughs> so like, I, I don't know if it's inside baseball. I was talking to people about Virtual Console actually last year, and that thing just never made money. Somehow, like if you like introduce licensing costs and like the cost of PBM like up, it just somehow always introduced a loss. So there was like, mm. especially in the Wii Virtual Console, where you would get into like really deep dives of or digging deep of the kind of games you would get. Donkey Kong Junior Math, yeah, available like, on the Wii Shop. Especially the stuff you would get from other companies, you're paying them to put this uh, money or put this game up, and then it just doesn't actually ever make back the money because the people buying it are Chris Kohler and Frank Cifaldi, and that's it. Like right. <laughs> it's just those two, and then nobody else is actually like pay or upping the ante at all on like anything beyond like a Mario or a first party Nintendo game. Well, and and the people who want those games, like a Chris Kohler and stuff like that, most of the people who are that committed know. That they can go get that stuff much more easily on a console or system that is much easier to interact with than a Wii. Yeah. Uh, if like if if you really want to go out there and play like March of the Minis or something like that, you can just go online and you know pretty easily do that stuff. As much as like you know Nintendo wants to squash that stuff, and as much as like you know the. the this is getting dangerously close to like the discourse about it. Is it okay to pirate games from multi-billion-dollar right. corporations? <laughs> right. It's just like uh, whatever. I'm, I'm, I think we're past that. Uh, hopefully, but 
I don't think we're past that. I mean, the the people on this call, I think. I think people are. on this call. I mean, I don't. But, I don't. Oh, yeah, be, yeah. Probably the people listening to us. No, as well. it, this is this is still a very unpalatable thing to uh, engage with. I think for a lot of people, um, yeah. which is frustrating because I I wish they would have. Uh, I think a healthy relationship with the companies that that control this stuff um, instead of. I don't know. Like uh, my time, I don't know about y'all. My timeline's been full of people really, um, you know, like really, really, really eaten up with the fact that the Pixel remasters are coming out to Switch next week. And yeah, and listen, like I don't want to yuck anyone's yum, but it's like it's one of the weirdest things I think I've ever seen. I'm like, y'all, there are guys. There are so many fucking ways to play these games. Like there's so like there's so many ways to play these six games, and it's just like. The, the better versions of them. The better versions of them. And I just am like, I I don't totally get it. I don't want to necessarily stop people from being excited about a thing. But it's like if it were if it were just about the new little bells and whistles and and quote unquote quality of life improvements, I guess I would get that. But it doesn't seem to be what it's about. And I think that does connect to this kind of like Check your relationship to the people that control this stuff. Just yeah. like check it a, just a little bit. Brands are not I your mean, friend. They I mean, never not. So, so for me, like I got the, yeah, I bought two copies of the Pixel remasters. Sure. Uh, because I wanted, I, I for some reason, I think it was because the when we first heard the eShop was going away, like a yeah. year ago. Sure. I started buying Switch games physically. Yeah. Mm. And so, like, but. My issue again, and Square Enix, the same thing with Nintendo. What? What? Why are? You, why? Why is this a limited thing? Just, just yeah, right. Fucking sell it. Right. Just put it right. on a store and sell it. it. I mean, I don't. I don't know. If this is an intentional thing, or it's just like a happy accident. But like, publishers are slowly moving us towards the idea that you don't actually own anything, and like, they're. We've always been kind of on that idea, but now they're moving it to us being happy about it. Cause like yeah. I was, I, yeah. I was thinking today I own Ghostwire Tokyo on PS five. I've never played it, but right. I own it. And right. yet today I saw, Oh, Ghostwire Tokyo is on game pass. I'm just going to yep. download that. And like, that's probably gonna be the version mm-hmm. I play. Cause it has like, and it's like an the, enhanced edition. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I then I went through and just downloaded a bunch of stuff from game pass. Uh, but like, I don't own any of that stuff. In fact, I'm like merely renting it until they decide to take it off. I don't yep. remember whether I own w- what the fuck is the name of that game? Uh, the Remedy game, which has a TV show. Quantum Break. Quantum Break. I don't remember if I own it or I own it on Game Pass, <laughs> but it's leaving Game right. Pass. Yeah. Mm. So, like, if you if you just had that game on Game Pass, assuming that you were going to keep it for, like, the entirety of its run forever, like, they're, Microsoft's taking it away. I don't know if they're ever going to put it back. They say they're going to put it back, but right. at right. the moment, it is leaving, and you, if you wanted to, like, if next week you were like, hey, I want to play Quantum Break finally, you can't, you only only on Game Pass, you can't. The, yeah. the I remember having this conversation with people, like, when at the E3 where PlayStation 4 and Xbox One were, like, officially shown off for the first time, people talking about how, like, the Sony was winning that war, quote unquote, the console war as much as anybody wins or who cares? Like, you know, just like for easy shorthand, they were winning that war of hearts and minds by just being like, you can, we'll just let you buy the games and share them with your friends and stuff like that because they were moving in the direction of like, 
we just want you to own everything digitally and then we technically own it anyway. And like, we'll exert this soft pressure instead of telling people right. um, that you can't share it with your friends and stuff like that because we just right. expect you to buy it digitally anyway. It doesn't matter. And then now we're well and truly past that. We are yeah. at, we are well and deeply in the stage of everybody just expects that you are basically renting this stuff. Or, or rather, they, they don't think about it. We don't think about it until stuff starts to go away. And thus far, we have not had something hot, quite high profile enough. I think the 3DS eShop is maybe the closest thing to high profile of like something being closed down in such a way where it's like, hey, you can't access that anymore. Um, but like Steam hasn't gone down yet, you know, yeah. like at yeah. the game store. And that, that's the day. other and thing. Like Steam, like also, like you buy a game on Steam they can delist it, but you'll mm-hmm. still like, like I have both Transformers games on Steam. Right. Right. Sure. You can't buy them, but I have them. Right. There will be a day where they do like Steam just does cut off though. Totally. Yeah. Like, w- you know, one day everything ends eventually. Yeah. And li- like, I know they said they'll just make everything like free to download at that point, but like, I can't mm. download what are the legal 300 games right. like and yeah. most of them don't work anymore so yeah it's yeah I mean yeah I mean but that speaks to exactly what I'm saying is just like I think you've got to I, I you know I I John Warren is not leg is is not a fiduciary of yours and cannot legally give you any sort of advice <laughs> but I will say this like you have to start taking some control over your own consumption situation like it, it like it is one thing for a live service game to operate at a loss a huge loss and then to decide we have we have to stop supporting this game and switch gears it is quite another to have a thing in the box and then just decide hey we're not going to sell this thing anymore there's mm-hmm. just absolutely no reason for us to do this there are no rights issues at play um or maybe even there are but they would be relatively cheap to fix we're just going to take it away and this is the digital this is the digital scarce future that you've just got to be handed and my response to that is like we don't have to be handed anything we really I don't i got a steam deck yeah, I mean, it, there is some amount of uh, grow the fuck up, like grow up, <laughs> grow up and like, like realize what's happening and realize that there are ways to fight against this that don't involve, you know, even being loud or shitty or whatever toward anybody, but just saying like, okay, fine. Like I spend more money on games than your average person. I, I absolutely do. But I also am like, I'm, I'm unswayed. If you make it easy and reasonable for me to pick up a game and pay for it, then I'm there. It's easy. Right. I will always do it. Right. But well, yeah, it's, but it's there's convenience. but there's bullshit that I'm not gonna uh, that I, I I don't I don't put up with. And like Mario 3D All Stars, I bought. It is in my desk it's right in, now. It's yeah. in I it. I have never opened it. Right. I bought it because they. they you said, knew they do this dog shit. You knew right. they do it because they said it, and it's like. Yeah, listen, I, I took it. I took the bait. I'm probably part of the yeah. problem. But also, in those off times, like, like also, I'll say this. I'm not waiting for them to figure out their Super Mario Galaxy 2 thing, wink, wink. Right. I right, didn't wait exactly. for that. You know, like, I'm like, okay, like, there's a situation that I can fix myself. And so I fixed it. Uh, and, I do, and honestly. It's, and it's annoying. You know, it's like, I don't want that. But if y'all are going to do this bullshit, I don't really feel I don't feel any sort of sorry for anybody in this chain. There's well, just, it's I, just not I don't know. It, it's not for, reasonable to me. 
for as like ridiculous as I think like some people in our periphery uh, behave around this stuff, it's like you can't take from you're taking money out no, of Mia Miller's pocket. No, the fuck, uh, I'm not. Like that, no, I'm not. Right. I don't think that that's like the general cons- like it, it's very easy to forget that Twitter is not real life. That the no. 200 people we interact with on Twitter no. regularly are not real people, or right. they're real people. Right. It's not indicative of like the vast majority of the human population because no. I do think like to a certain degree. It's the same thing as like fanfic and stuff like that. Like corporations can be like, we're going to make boring stories. We're not going to do stuff with these characters you like right. or whatever. Uh, and then uh, thousand, thousand, twenty something say bet and then go to write their own version of right. it and put it up on archive of our own. Sure. And I, I think like as corporations get more locked down about that stuff and even worse and uh, hinkier about this sort of thing. It's just, it just drives people more to like very quietly go over and start like, all right, I'm going to go over to archive.org or whatever and go right. get myself a sure. big old ROM dump full of right. armored core and, and the ROM uh, dumps aren't even that big. What's that? The ROM dumps aren't even that no, big. They're, no, no, <laughs> they're they're just, just so no, 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 I'm not kidding. It has never been easier to to circumnavigate this stuff. Never. So, and I think people, and I, I generally just think people are at this point. Like, how many? I bet if I like spoke to my little brother, like like a who is a high school teacher, I bet if I talked to him about like what kids are playing, like the most of them are probably just playing shit on their phones. Right. But yeah. then, like, I, I bet like also. There is a non like there is a non-zero number of them who just have like jailbroken Android phones and they just like have a bunch of games that they don't even know what they are. It's right. just like I downloaded a huge ROM dump uh, right. full of a bunch of different things and uh, I mess around with some and, stuff every once in a while. Also, the other side of this is like these. There are a lot of people currently doing this. There are a lot of people who like are just straight up just grabbing ROMs online. Sure, it's not a small number, but also these things like the Castlevania collections or whatever right they make money or they wouldn't they make keep money. doing them so this clearly can't be significantly like a make or break number for them yeah no Capcom i mean clearly crack that code yeah i mean i i don't think it's universal but it's like i really appreciate and you don't have to hand it to him for a lot of other reasons <laughs> but i do appreciate what it what was it like a decade ago or something that cd project red was really open about their piracy rates and they were just right. like this is not a big deal for us. This is something that like we accept as the cost of doing business. We don't think it's right to put these put these things in place that would uh, hamstring our actual paying customer base. So we're this is just kind of the this is kind of what the internet is right now. Right. And I appreciated that. I it was at the time I remember th- I remember kind of like clutching my pearls a little bit and being like, oh, but but I wouldn't download a car, though, because I was still kind of in that <laughs> mentality, right? But but I also kind of think, like, listen, if you, if you want stuff and it's available to you for you to support the people who made it, I, I always, you know, I would say always do that if it's within your means. Always. Yeah. But it's I will like, say, like, you most- know, most people, most kids are not pirating games. No, I don't think so. Most kids don't know how to like. They don't know download how. a torrent and crack a game and all that jazz. And, and also, I also I, just think that like most kids are probably just playing free to play stuff. Yeah, at this, uh, at this that's, stage. Well, yeah, that's probably also true. I mean, that's that's so different now than it was in the past. Um, but it's like I don't know. I I think if you keep the friction low. This is this is an easy problem to solve, but when you start adding friction to it, and like I, you know, I'm someone that 
and and I regret it to a, a large extent now, but I, I can't, I kind of can't go toothpastes out of the tube, but it's like, I really went digital. I got rid of a lot of physical media yeah. a few years ago, about seven years ago. And I was happy with that solution because it felt like we were going to a place where I, I thought naively we would have this kind of halcyon ecosystem where these things would just be readily available to us if we already paid for them. And I was an idiot. And it's like, oh, all right, well, I wish I'd probably stuck with physical media, but th that's coming with its own problems. I mean, most of these companies are digital first anyway. Physical runs are becoming more limited. Um, and this goes, this speaks to TV and film as well, right? So um, it's just, it's a frustrating situation. And there's no easy solution. But part of the solution, I again, I think it has to be, you have to look at your own situation and go, all right, like, I, I if there's friction here and I've already shelled out money for a thing, I don't think you need to feel weird about what you got to do, you know. Yeah, so, that's me. On on that note, do we want to talk about some of the games that we've shelled out for? And uh... oh, I've pirated a hundred percent of what I've played. <laughs> okay, great. John, tell us about Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, I've pirated Tears of the Kingdom. I am the leaker of the art book and mm. uh, got my hands on the thing earlier. No, just kidding. Well, what I, have you been playing, though? Oh, oh Imran, do you want to tell gonna, us? Yeah, Imran, go I, for I it. I was going to say, like, I have not seen that art book, but I was talking to people who have, and, like, I am incredibly excited for that game. That is my oh. only Tears of the Kingdom thought, is, like, fuck. Uh, uh, really yeah. want that game now. I'm, I'm yeah. excited. I, I, I was actually able to clinch a collector's edition. Uh, that's nice. another one of those, like, mm. uh, so, like, fighting to get collector's editions. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm ready for it, ready to make it happen. Uh, and it's so close. It does. It feels so like it close. should be so far away. It's so it's close. It's middle of like, April. Yeah, the, right now. The calculus I'm April. up. My calculus right now is like, okay, what do I play until then? Because I can't play anything too similar. So I don't, uh, once again, Horizon gets screwed because I'm like, oh, I should finally play Horizon, <laughs> whatever that uh -huh. Forbidden West. Uh -huh. And like, no, that's so similar to Zelda. Like, that doesn't make sense to play right I'm now. I'm doing... going to play it later. And then when I play it, it's probably going to feel like shit compared to Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, I'm doing uh, Fallen Order right now in preparation for hopefully getting to play Jedi Survivor for review. Well, they're not going to, like, ban you from Best Buy to go buy that. Right. So that's probably what I'm going <laughs> to play next. Like, that's that's the thing. Uh, Jedi Survivor and then who knows what else. I, I play Fortnite all the time, so that takes up all my time. Really? I, th this is the first time hearing this about you, Mike. Did you play a lot of Fortnite? Oh, yeah. Seriously? No, no. Huh. So it's 100%. Like, I, I seriously spent, like, a good two hours on Tuesday when the, the new weekly quests and the unlock for attack on titans aaron yeager skin even though i don't want the skin uh, mm -hmm. i just i just spent the uh, like a good two hours just clearing all off all my fortnite quests yeah so i, mm. I play fortnite on a regular basis that suddenly makes way more sense to me for two reasons. One of which is just like you and I are just content vacuums. I feel like a lot of the time we we get along in this respect we, in clearing out Assassin's Creed maps and also finishing battle passes. But also just like, oh, yeah, Mike, the anime and manga and comic book expert um, would, of course, play lots of Fortnite. 
Oh, yeah. And and spend entirely too much money. I literally just, you know, bought Chris Redfield. Diet. Uh-huh. I call him Diet Chris because it's RE5 Chris, but he's not as swole. Not a chunky. No. So it's fine. That's the problem. That's my problem with Fortnite. It's been my problem since they put in Chun-Li. The thighs were not big enough. I'm sorry. I mean, they have, like... They're basically painted character models. Like they, they don't really have a lot of right. room to mess around with the proportions. The, the hip boxes. <laughs> yeah, the hip boxes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the hip boxes don't when, lie. When, when they do like the dance, like I, I put a video up of the the Chris dancing to one of the dances I own. The animation is surprisingly good. Like they make sure, sure, sure that every time they put a skin in, it maps to all of their existing stuff quite well like facial features and everything it's just like sometimes you're like i mean he, he could be a little beefier yeah, yeah for sure he could be a little bit more bear daddy <laughs> you've been, you been playing anything else mike uh jedi fallen order um fortnite genshin impact did you never beaten fallen order for some reason that just seems like no, a, a no-brainer for you i had beaten it but after previewing Survivor, I was like, I should go back and replay that. So interesting. Like, okay. I and I literally forgot most of what had happened in the plot. Did I ever polish that game? Ah, uh, still, it still I think had some issues. Yeah, we we just watched Merritt play it all the way through it yeah. recently, and even before that, I had only played it like three or four months, and finally beaten it for the first time like three yeah. or four months before that. And it's like they definitely did the bare minimum to make it like more functional, but yeah, uh, Ogdo Bogdo, the big frog boss on the first planet, <laughs> still flies into the sky if you hit him at the wrong angle and like gets stuck yeah. in the skybox. Yeah. Yeah. Sure like that sure sounds like a jank. Yeah, and, yeah. And there's, there's definitely like trying to split the difference between like an animation driven Uncharted game and a more gamey Souls like game, and they never yeah. went in either direction. Survivor is a little bit more gamey, like, no, yeah. like input trumps any animation, just whatever. We don't care. I, I played that game on pre launch because I reviewed it, but like it was, I remember. Just, I was shocked at the state of how unpolished. Like, you would take a turn into a tunnel and you would just fall through the world, and that was not uncommon. Yeah, right. Or like, you would you would get into an animation, or like a kill animation against one of the big droids, and Cal would just disappear, and like the droid would just fall apart as if something was cutting it apart. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yep. That stuff is it, it's le- it's less prevalent now, but it is still <laughs> it still happens. Like every every so often for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were also parts that, like, at one point in that game, I guess to spoil Fallen Order, like, years later, they give you someone who can teleport as part of your crew. And you're like, oh, finally I'm getting fast travel. Uh Finally they're giving me a thing that lets me go to the (laughs) point that I need to because there are things I need to clean up on these different parts. And, like, it just doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't let you fast travel, even though that's clearly the intention because the character does nothing else except for one thing at the very end. Yeah. Yeah, And so when I was, I I interviewed Stig Asmussen, who was the director of the first game and the director of Survivor. And it was very clear talking to him this time that they came in super, super hot. Yeah. On the first game. For sure. Yeah. So, like, he's like, I was like, yeah, so you got like five lightsaber styles now. He's like, yeah, like the dual wielding one 
we wanted to have a full thing in the first game. We just ran out of, he was like, literally like we ran out of time. Yeah. So it was it, made in like 13 months or something insane. Yeah. It was like a November release, I believe. Yeah. Cause it, it was time to get out ahead of one of the movies or something. I, if I'm not mistaken, cause that like came out shortly, not, not like right away, but it was like, we got to get this out in the holiday season before rise of Skywalker. If I'm not, if I'm right, it was around correctly. rise of Skywalker. And I remember being like, Oh man, I don't know if I like this because Rise of Skywalker like bummed me out so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why why draw a connection between that? <laughs> <Do> y'all, <laughs> I, I assume you all saw Rise of Skywalker. that they're making another movie set after Rise of Skywalker. I did. Right? Yeah, okay, I saw that. This fu- okay, I, I brought this up on Twitter. That doesn't make any sense. Like, unless the idea of that movie is Ray realizes the whole thing is a fucking terrible idea. Uh huh. Okay. The entire, so, like, so, the, so the last Jedi was about, hey, don't do that. Don't make the torment nexus. Right. But, they, right. That was. But, but but they but they literally want you to think that that doesn't exist. Like Kathleen Kennedy or whatever wants you to think that that doesn't exist. I no. I here's what I hope though, John. I really, really want them to just like do a full 360. I want them to be like uh, Last Jedi. Ray, your parents are nobody. Who you are, what's in oh your blood doesn't God. matter. It's your choices that matter. And then uh-huh. Rise of Skywalker is like, no, actually, you're um, you're a, a you're Palpatine's the, you're daughter. The and then, of Palpatine or daughter of Palpatine or whatever. Yeah. And then and now the third movie should be like, uh, actually, Palpatine made all that stuff up to like confuse you. Actually. You are nobody, <laughs> and, and all those Snokes were just Muppets in jars. Sorry. <laughs> so here so, is my theory. My theory is in the next movie they are going to establish that Anakin was in fact the like son-ish, like fourth son of Palpatine, which does in fact make Rey a Skywalker and a Palpatine at the same time because oh. they cannot get it. Like they cannot stop themselves from just tying these bloodlines. So, so a Giorno so, Giovanna sort of situation. I, I will say before this was announced, this was a script. This was the script that Damon Lindelof was working on. And the rumors from actual people is that, it focuses completely on new characters, and Ray is just there as the Obi Wan. See, this is actually what <laughs> okay. I figured they were going to do: is just basically wipe the slate clean and almost pretend that those previous movies didn't happen at all, except for just taking the, a couple of the characters forward and just yeah. like completely ignoring the. But events when of they what came out before. and announced the the film, they were like, "Here's Daisy Ridley, and she's going to be in the film." And it's kind of like, yeah, but from what we heard of the script before like non-officially like she's not the main character like they have two other supposed main characters that are going to lead this film yeah and god forbid you need to touch any of that stuff because look you got dave filoni you're giving him a movie let him do all of that shit that's right let him make the hondo movie that he's so clearly wants to make he, one of these days. He, he gives me no more vibes, and maybe that's not fair. But <laughs> it, he gives me that like oh, 100%. oh, I want to tie all this shit together. I want to tie this oh. idea that I had oh, yeah. fifteen years guy. ago to a thing that's happening right now, and you can't stop me. All He's of the toys rule of the cool. Yeah, that is. The, they are the same dude. <laughs> the so there are. 
Shouts out to A More Civilized Age, which is where I hear about a lot of this stuff all of the time. It's a fantastic Star Wars podcast with some people we know. Um, but there are like just incredible interviews with Dave Filoni and like things where he's like almost telling on himself, but he doesn't realize it kind of situations where he's like talking about behind the scenes of making the Clone Wars, which is where he really cut his teeth in Star Wars was making the 3D animated Clone Wars series. And one of my favorite interviews is um, them saying like, well, we need to have this thing take place on this episode, take place on a fire planet, but we can't use Mustafar because, and this is Filoni, we can't use Mustafar because that's where Anakin eventually, uh, you know, turns into Darth Vader. And so it's like too important to the lore for them to, to go to that planet there again. And George Lucas is like, what, why? And he's like, well, you know, it's like, you know, it's more poetic. It's more, the mythos is so untouchable. We can't just go to Mustafar. And it's like, George Lucas is like, yeah, you can. It sounds sick. Let's set it on Mustafar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. George Lucas is the guy who calls lightsabers lasers swords and Dave Filoni is the guy who's like has a collection of lightsabers and like puts this stuff on a pedestal and the it's not really a secret at this point but the secret of Star Wars is that Star Wars is always best when the people working on it don't really care that much about Star Wars or don't put it don't put it on a pedestal in that way greater than everything else yeah Andor is by this far and away sure the best thing to come out of Star Wars, basically, like I, at least since the Last Jedi, which I like a lot, but I, it's, I'd still say it's probably better than the Last Jedi as a yeah. as a whole unit. And yet, the numbers say Obi Wan was the thing. Ugh. No, that even the guy who put oh. those numbers out was wrong and like admitted to being wrong. No, no, like <laughs> like on Nielsen's, like the the Nielsen's numbers, like Obi Wan was like double. Oh yeah, pretty much. Because, well, like, because people who know who, but I, I believe that because people know who Obi-Wan is. People yeah. click on a thing that right. says Obi-Wan and then the, they're like, I the, know who Obi-Wan is. I think Obi-Wan was fine. Like, don't regret spending the time I spent to watch that. I think anything you end with, and let's not talk about this ever again, is like, inherently, you have to just stop the script right there and be like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> I, I still have not watched Obi-Wan because like I was so not mad because I was just like ugh, I was just like rolling my eyes in the when in the like pre-show for that thing or like the, the build up to that show. They were like saying out there and Obi-Wan will fight Darth Vader no fewer than three times in the series. And it's like, <laughs> oh. motherfuckers, have you seen A New Hope? The whole thing is that he does not have a physical confrontation. He beats Darth Vader by not having a physical confrontation with him. Like the, the thing is like, and we're going to have another fight where, where Obi-Wan proves that he's physically stronger than Darth Vader. You're like missing the compl- whole point of the emotional thrust of that movie. <laughs> We we learned all the wrong lessons from seeing Yoda do all those flips and shit in Clone yeah. Wars. You remember that? I feel yeah. like that was the sea change. Like for yes. for for many reasons, I feel like when we saw that little fucker jumping around, it was like, oh yeah, that's that's great. And My I, theater I, theater and, and, I and I and I forgot about it by the time I got home because I didn't yeah. <laughs> think it was the most important thing that had ever happened. And and then like I, the entire ethos, I feel like changed. Because they heard all the ho- the ho- the, the ho- hooting and, ho- and hollering yeah. in the movie theater. This, this and it's is like, the thing. Okay. At the end of the day, the fandom is but like like right now, like Spider Man comics fandom is so angry at the comics, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, like part of the reason the comics are the way they are is because of the fandom too. Like because you responded, they're like, right. ah, Spider Man can't get married to Mary Jane. Yes, because part of the fandom wants to keep him in the same style of life. 
Right. Like, so it's it's a fandom menace, what you're saying. Yes. Oh. Hey, John, you've been playing. Anything? I thought we were going to get away from an no, 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 no. I don't want to. I don't want to go away from that. Let's go back to that. That was really good, Imran. Let Imran live with this one. That's going to be the episode title. That was great. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Right. Right. Then, like, the same shit happened. So, like, why I never finished Breaking Bad because just like at a certain point, people fucking buying those "I Am the Danger" shirts at Hot Topic and stuff. It's just like uh, Game of Thrones went in the same direction. Right. It's like the minute anything becomes popular, it like it. it the things that it becomes popular for are the like. Guys who have Boondock Saints posters right. in their uh, in their dorm room type of like level of of enjoyment of a thing, where it's just like somebody said something that I really resonate that really resonated with me because it sounded cool and like the only and I get that like well that's popular, but the only reason that some of this stuff has like lasted as long as it has and has had like the cultural reach that it has is because there was a kernel of something more in there. It's why right. like it's why a New Hope is still something that people talk about and think about now, and even the prequels are th- things that people think about and talk about now and why I couldn't tell you what the last three Marvel movies that came out are at this point like some of the early Marvel movies pretty damn good I still I will always remember those like Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies and stuff like that there's some really good stuff in there and then just like over time as it devolves more into just like and we're going to reference this other character over here it's just like I could I have no recollection of anything that has happened because it's all just the last three were Mm. Wakanda Forever which was fantastic and then yeah that's pretty good Thor and Ant-Man, which I have not actually watched. I did uh, see Thor, Ant-Man. It's, Thor was bad. It's, yeah, it's, Ant-Man's not great. I don't think it's terrible. I don't, I'm surprised that was the one that broke critics, but like, it's, it's kind of just a middling movie. I, I have hope for the Marvels because I like Kamala Khan. That trailer yeah, looked but, a lot but, of fun. Yeah, the trailer looked fun. It also looked like it was made for 25 cents. <laughs> I can't believe how cheap right. these fucking movies look now. Like with I, was the talk- CGI I was talking about it yesterday, but it's like, I'm sorry. If you, if you look like an episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., start over. You fucked up. You fucked up. <laughs> do it again. Put do it, back it again. In the oven. Those people are too good to do this to them. Don't do right. that. Like I, I, and it's I, and it's not VFX people's fault. These people are getting run, like worked ragged. The, the conditions are awful. The entire ecosystem is completely backwards. Yeah. So I'm not saying this is some sort of VFX department's fault. It's total executive blunder bullshit. But it's like these movies are looking worse and worse and worse and worse. And that, that and it's said, not on purpose. Like they, that's they the did thing. delay this movie seven months. Right. So like yeah. that yeah. could give them more time. Like this is the teaser trailer or whatever. Right. So in theory, it could be better in the in the final release. Right. It just, not, I just don't I just don't get it. Uh, that's not, I just like the 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 de evolution is just shocking to me. I I will also say, and not to be like all gatekeep like girl boss like oh what we need is more diverse action figures like this is all just like corporate horseshit from right. all the way down or whatever sure. so like prefacing it with that but i also do wonder to a certain degree oh it's interesting to me that like the one that really stands out as like maybe didn't get as much attention and didn't get as much care and perhaps hmm. didn't get enough budget is the one with a lady uh with the lady characters and the uh, brown girl yeah uh i don't know hmm Look, look, it looks like 25 cents because you don't really need to try that hard, as seen by the blockbuster performance 
of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh God! I think you that movie what, looks Mike, fine. You're so right. I mean, it does. You, look you fine. don't. You don't. Yeah, but but in terms of trying hard, Mike, like but illumination is is illumination because they know exactly they know what the they template. need to deliver, right? Without innovate, like they don't need to try. They're like, this is the no. level we're coming in at. Bring yeah. it in at that six, seven out of ten, and that's fine. That that's okay. that's business. Yeah. Clearly, that great. amount of effort is going to uh, break a million animated movie box office records. So, yeah. At yep. the same time, it's never like similar to downloading, you know, ROMs and stuff on your phone. It has never been easier to find incredibly heartfelt, interesting, great stories and support them directly online and stuff like that. Right. Like, yeah. And like, other Susan movies currently in theaters. Go see Susan Patreon. Yeah. Like, like, I. I I, I had a whole rant about this, about the movies. Like, you talk about the movies being cheap, and someone was like, ah, oh, I forget what movie it was. It's like, I think it was Dungeons & Dragons. It's like, ah, oh, blockbuster shot with care. And I'm like, did you not see John Wick? Top Gun Maverick? Like, it's not like just because Marvel is taking up a lot of oxygen. And again, even with Marvel, like, you got Wakanda Forever. That was right. actually a pretty well-put-together movie in yeah. November. Right. Like the movies didn't disappear. Like great, well done movies didn't disappear. Right. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just, even, even big genre movies. You're exactly right. Yeah. It's true. Like if you're, if you're complaining about that, people complaining about that stuff are often also like only scratching surface deep. Like there's just like only the only movies like Marvel movies and stuff like that exist. Like my like, and this is why I partially just don't trust people who are like that is just because like, instead of doing that, you could just literally be like, promoting some other very cool smaller thing and i'm not even talking about like oh and marvel movies still look a couple of marvel movies still look good i'm talking about like if you want to play like a really cool indie game or something like that you can find that so easily right now. that's what i was you, about like the current thing is everyone's talking about remakes like ah oh, remakes uh, is all we have i'm like yeah i mean you got dead space you know resident evil all that stuff but there are so many games coming out all right. the time I, that's I true. was literally talking to one of our, our friends at another website this morning, and she was like, I wish there was n- new stuff coming out to play right now. And I was like, what? And I immediately p- clicked like a thing, which was like, here's War Tales came out yesterday. Here's Sherlock Holmes, the Awakened remake from Frogwares, the French company of crazy people who makes like really weird, interesting Sherlock Holmes adventure games where yeah. now Sherlock Holmes is fighting Cthulhu. No, here's that, the Tron identity yeah, visual we novel. Yeah, we're not we're not hurting for 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 games like holy. Those smokes. are all from the last thirty six hours. Right, like, yeah. those yeah. just that, came out. It's that game journalist brain poison that we all had. It's true. The, That's like, true. We we can't risk playing a thing that is not going to get numbers by writing. Yeah, right, 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 right exactly. Right, right. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, when yeah, and it's so cool because when you're free from that for eight and a half months. <laughs> you just you just don't have that mentality anymore, you know. Right. It's kind of great. Maybe, maybe I mean, that's what happened. I, yeah. John John became free. Like John, just I just like, became what? free. I mean, part of it that's true. Yeah, uh, I'm just free. I mean, I'm in a, I'm in a similar boat, honestly. Though, like, like Mike, I think we're in both in similar boats to a certain degree because it's like we play the one game or two games that we play for work that are live games, and then we're just kind of free to do whatever else we want. Like I've been playing the to to come back to games we've been playing, I guess. Uh, I played all the way through Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition and the expansion Siege of Dragonspear made by the remake team in the, oh. the Infinity Engine 13 years after Baldur's Gate 2. Um, That's cool. I played all the way through that. And, you know, those are not new games, but um, they're new to me. 
uh, and I've been playing them on Steam Deck. Sure. My, my my planned honeymoon is to take some time off, and we're gonna play through Baldur's Gate three together because it comes Hell out like yeah. a week after the wedding. Oh, that's yeah. fun. August thirty first. Oh yeah. Wow. That's what I've been playing Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 for is because I want to get prepared for Baldur's Gate 3. Not that, like, I'm sure there's not going to be much to connect those three games, I'm sure, because that would be a fucking deranged thing for yes. Larian to I do. Mean, they have shown, like, hey, it's that guy. And as someone who's never played the previous right. two Baldur's Gate games, I'm like, I recognize him through this, like, cultural osmosis, but I don't right. know what this is about. It literally, that was what got me. They did that last trailer where Minsk shows up at the end. I was like, I know who Minsk is, but I don't know his story. Better go back and play Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 and Siege of Dragonspear now. Right. Uh, and those games, hey, turns out still pretty fucking and, good, especially I, Baldur's Gate 2. I saw you did Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous as well. Mm. Yes, I've mm. been play, like bouncing around with that too. A game that I really want to love more than I do because the writing... <laughs> Is so tough to get through sometimes. Owlcat, it's a it's a huge, huge bump up over over um, Kingmaker. Which, if people don't know, Pathfinder: Wrath of the Righteous is Pathfinder is itself a weird thing because there was right. Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons has gone through many iterations over the years. The tabletop RPG. Uh, there was a version of it. You know, when I was a kid, that uh, there was the version I played when I was a child, which was Dungeons and Dragons 3.5, which is very. Um, mathematically complex and interesting and very good if you wanted to like write a story about like going for loot and stuff. Eventually they released Dungeons and Dragons 4 and then 5, which really pair a lot of that stuff down and make it much more streamlined and simpler for a mass audience. And it worked out greatly for them because uh, Dungeons and Dragons 5e has sold more copies than every other version of Dungeons and Dragons put together uh, mm -hmm. throughout history. Um, but 3.5 was so beloved that another company came to um, Wizards of the Coast, the people who own Dungeons and Dragons, and was like, hey, can we just use that system since you're not using it anymore? And we'll just build our own lore and world to go around it, but we'll use the mechanics and just license them from you. And they said, go nuts. And that's Pathfinder. Um, and now there's a couple of video games in the Pathfinder universe, and they are... True to 3.5, very mechanically dense and incredibly interesting uh, in a gameplay level where it is like there are like a hundred playable classes. You know, there's like 25 or so main classes, and then each of those has five or four or six um, different subclass types with different abilities and stuff that you can do, and you can mix and match and dual class, and then the, you can, like, prestige them into mythic paths, basically, and all this other stuff. And the newer game that they put out, the, the makers of these Pathfinder RPGs, um, Owlcat, is very, very, very mechanically dense and cool and interesting but their writing is better than it was. It's better than the first game by a mile, but it's still like I, very. I will say in defense of them that they are, I believe they're located in like Cyprus, but they're nominally of Russian studio. So sure. I believe all of their stuff is written in native language and then translated to English. Sure. And, and anything that has gotten better in the move from Kingmaker to Wrath of the Righteous is purely down to getting more English people on the team. Right. And, but I'll, I'll say, like, it's just, it does stuff in it that I'm, I'm hoping the Baldur's Gate doesn't do, which because, like, TTRPGs have evolved with their audience. Even Dungeons and Dragons is better about this stuff where it's like in old Dungeons and Dragons lore, vampires are evil. They have to be evil. Mechanically, 
fictionally, they, there is no such thing as a good vampire because they draw their energy from the plane of negative energy. And like that, that just literally makes them like chemically evil. And like over time, they've kind of smoothed those edges off it because like having evil people who are just evil for evil's sake and good people who are just good for good's sake is pretty boring uh, and like limits what you can do with like motivations and like what the sense of self is in some cases. And RPGs, tabletop RPGs in particular, have gone in such a different direction with that stuff nowadays with like powered by the apocalypse type stuff, uh, dream askew based things like all these, like there's been such a, a revival, such a renaissance of TTRPGs recently um, to the point where I can like draw a direct parallel between uh, like friends at the table playing their like horror season recently. Another, another Austin Walker podcast joint that I like a lot uh, where there's a, a character on that show who's just like a human hive of bugs uh, named Duval, and he's just a guy. He's just like he's made of bugs, but he's just a guy. And he hangs out with the crew, and they have conversations about what it means to be made of bugs. And he can do cool bug stuff. Pathfinder: Wrath of the Righteous also has like you can do a thing where you can become made of like a of the swarm that walks, like made of bugs. And it's just like you are the most brutally evil like irredeemable character in the world. And it completely locks you out of all the side quests in the game because nobody will want to talk to you. And just like, how can you, Oh no, you're a, you're a bunch of bugs. It's there's no version of you that can be good and stuff like that. So it's like, it's very limiting and how alignment and stuff like that works in. And maybe that's a pathfinder problem as much as it is an owl cat problem, but like, it's so black and white in this game sometimes. And it's just like, I want to be, I want to do cool bug stuff, but I don't want to like lock myself out of being able to have a party of characters because nobody wants to work with the bug man. Nobody wants to work with the bug man. Nope. Nobody wants to work with the bug man. That's what I'm always saying. Nobody wants to work anymore with the bug man. <laughs> nobody wants to work anymore. Especially uh, I will say man. Baldur's Gate 2 even uh, is, is evil. Like, you know, from, 20 years ago, I'm sorry, 23 years ago now, uh, <laughs> is even much more, um, <laughs> nuanced than, uh, than that in a lot of ways. Like the, the story writing is, uh, very good from what I've seen thus far. Um, it shows its age some places. Baldur's Gate one really shows its age in a lot yeah, of places. Right. Um, but Baldur's Gate two has been a damn good time so far. So I'm really enjoying that. And it's got me on a kick of like, like Mike pointed out of, I downloaded Path of the Wrath of the, Right the Righteous and I've been like looking up builds for that. But I also re-downloaded Tyranny, the like one oh, yeah. right. obsidian CRPG from a couple yeah. of years ago that nobody remembers. Yeah. I've, I've so started, I've started Tyranny like three different times. Mm, just, really? I never, it never stuck with me, but. I mean, I should give it a shot. It's such an interesting game because it's like so clear that like the relationship between Obsidian soured around that game uh -huh, at some point because right. like there was all this planned DLC for that game and they put out like two very, very, very weak, small sure. exp expansions that have like almost nothing in them. And then they just like took the money and ran, <laughs> switched publishers for Pillars of Eternity too. They were they worked with Versus Evil instead of Paradox um, right. after that one and then immediately got bought by Microsoft. So, yeah. yeah. And now they're <sighs> making a game in the Pillars of Eternity universe, I guess. I guess? Yeah, avowed, Wait, is that, that they, we've they're Awoken or whatever? Avowed. avowed. Yeah. Avowed. Thank you. It, it, was, yeah. it was one of those titles that really needs a, a, another title. Avowed, mm -hmm. colon, Tyranny of the... Tyranny Exodons. of the Pillars. <laughs> tyranny of the Pillars. <laughs> Of Neverwinter Nights 2. Uh, uh, a game that they showed off once and have never spoken about again, as far as I'm aware. Well, they showed off, like, and some stuff got leaked on it that made it look 
way different too. Right. Then. Yeah, I think like I remember like posting pictures in the Slack that like no one had ever seen before. <laughs> right. Like, hey, look at this, and then like. I'm pretty sure it's not that anymore. I'm pretty sure it looks different than it even I even, saw. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's, I think it's gone through several different leaks and several different identity changes. So it's very interesting to see. I I doubt that game will even be set in the Pillars of Eternity universe by the time it comes out. Well, I I would be so interested to know how they they're because that that game had to have started well before um, they knew that Microsoft was going to buy Bethesda, right? But I'm very curious to know how that decision impacted their shift, wanting to shift gears. <laughs> yeah. Like, also, like, where does it exist in a, a world where the same publisher is putting out Elder Scrolls 6? Exactly. exactly. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I feel like, I feel like they probably saw the writing on the wall and were like, Damn. okay, even, even if Elder Scrolls 6 is seven years away or whatever, if that, um, you know, how do we, yeah. Anyway, that's just speculation. So what, what they should do Reject huh? modernity, return to tradition, make it a CRPG. Pillars of Eternity 3, baby. Oh, Pillars Turn of Eternity 3, baby. Just do it. Just do a top-down CRPG. Just do it. I, I will say I did pull up their website real quick. Just, just look and see if Avowed is even still mentioned anywhere. And it is. There's avowed.obsidian.net, which shows nothing except that trailer. Right. Uh, and then also says... Our next epic first-person RPG set in the fantasy world of Aora. Okay. Uh, coming to Xbox Series X slash S, uh, Xbox right. Game Pass, and Windows 10 PCs. Mm. You know what's wild? No. To me? Like when you have like a fantasy IP and you're not sure what game to make with it, they should just make Zelda like, like old school, not old, 3D Zelda likes. Because sure. clearly Nintendo's not going to do that anymore. So. There's a there's a thing that we used to do a lot of with like Okami and Beyond Good and Evil and all that jazz that we no longer do. Bring that back. Mm. Make a Pillars Zelda like. Make a Fables Zelda like. Who the fuck cares? Just do something with make, it. No, make a, just make another CRPG because that's the thing that <laughs> I want more of. Oh, interesting. I, I I was just pointing out the Windows 10 thing though because I thought it was funny that it, it still says fine. Windows 10 right. when we have in fact moved on to Windows 11 at right. this point point. Yeah. And, and they are owned by the company that would want you to know about so Windows 11. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like they haven't looked at that that web page in a minute. Probably not. Yeah, it's weird. Microsoft yeah. is just struggling. Yeah, and I don't even know why. Yeah, like, like Phil Spencer seems like a good dude. Seems like so, a nice guy. Like he's. I mean, they're going through from, some shit right now with that micro yeah. or with the Activision acquisition. Right? Yeah, I mean, but I what I hear, that, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of like, yeah, they got Microsoft as a the publisher. Ball. They don't manage very well. Like they just right. kind of they they own the studios. Like here, have all the funding you need. Bring us the game in three years, and that's right. the kind of thing. And then, and shockingly, that, a lot of studios don't manage them. themselves. Yeah, right. It, yeah. it works out. Okay, to, so. No so, 60 FPS for whatever. Okay, for, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. We should talk about that, I guess, for a second. I feel Yeah. So, so it, yeah, uh, Redfall was announced uh, that it is only going to have a, a 30 FPS uh, performance on uh, Xbox S and S, and they will patch in a performance mode for 60 FPS later, and everybody lost their shit. Right. Well... And, and I mean, but there, there are multiple things here, right? It's like Redfall is coming out, let me see. May 1st. May 2nd, 2023. 2nd, okay. That is 10 days before Zelda and what, like five days after the new Star Wars game? <sighs> yeah. Boy. That is a death slot. And the fact <laughs> that they've announced that 
I would say if you're if you're releasing a first person shooter without a 60 FPS mode, and I'm not like a 60 FPS pervert. I'm just saying for the right. for the industry, if you're releasing a shooter on console that is Microsoft minded first, and it's not 60 FPS then you delay it. But they don't want to delay it because they don't want to put it in the same slot as Starfield. But they're, they're one, I've seen a billion ads for the new Star Wars game. I've seen jack fucking shit for Redfall, which comes right, out which five days later. Or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. They are, they are putting this game out to pasture, and I swear to God, I don't know Harvey Smith that well. I don't know a lot of the people that work there that well. I'm like, how how much longer do they, do they deal with this before they go off and start their own indie? Because it's this like is, yeah. this is like the third or fourth time this shit has happened. I feel like mm. this is what happens when you are when one company owns all the video games. It's like right. oh, we can't compete with ourselves, which which is a weird false like equivalent because it's on Game Pass. It's, it's on, like, it's people on are gonna Game play Pass. It regardless. It'd be you on could, Game Pass, and I think why they think they can just be like, okay, we'll we'll update it later. As opposed to delaying it, you because can't do that with a it, multiplayer game, though. Yeah, I mean, it's, is it? I'm not clear. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, it's, it is a multiplayer game. Like I can't tell yeah. if it's like that's the intent. Like it's just like, oh, here's an option to play multiplayer, or it's an actual like this is a Destiny like kind of thing. Uh, it's, it's, it's it's co-op. Right. It's, it's yeah, far, yeah, it's, it's more yeah. it's it's more like a like a almost not not a Left for Dead in the gameplay sense, but like. Just you know, small small scale co op FPS, right? Far I, cry, basically. I think they think that whenever that patch comes out, it'll be a revitalization of interest. But I think what's mostly likely going to happen is like most people will just go, "This doesn't feel great," and just stop playing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. It feels it feels weird that this is. I mean, this, I just feel like Arcane is one of those weird snake bit studios that makes a lot of really interesting stuff, but. Um, publishing and marketing strategy feels like they just can't get out of their own way. But as it kind of gets gets in its way, it's strange. The it's such a weird thing where it's just like the, this is the promise of Microsoft and Game Pass and all that stuff to a certain degree. And it's the thing that you hear like people like Tim Schafer coming out and talking about, which is like, hey, since we're on Game Pass, we're we're kind of free to do whatever we want. We right. can put out this kind of game. We can do stuff like Pentiment. That was another right. one from yeah. Obsidian. Yeah. And the promise there is like, oh, yeah, we can finally get out from under the thumb of these companies that don't know what to do with us because we can just like it's right. going on Game Pass anyway. We can do whatever we want. And then they do this and it's just like, what is going on? Like that is, that is the opposite mm-hmm. thing. Like how does, why does this happen to, to arcane specifically? Yeah. From yeah. what yeah. I understand, Panamate was like, Josh Sawyer wanted to leave and they're like, right. well, we'll let you do this thing first. <laughs> right. And now he right. doesn't want to leave because it, it was very successful. Yeah. One for me, one for them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's the thing. Like, like on paper, it sounds like Phil Spencer at Microsoft is trying to do, the good guy boss thing. He's like, right. I will give you the resources and I will let you do whatever. The problem is that's clearly not working. Right. Yep. Yeah. Like in terms that, of a, a publishing strategy and actually getting thing out things out as Xbox Game Studios, it's just not working. Yeah. That's like, like the, we still yeah. have, we've not seen Perfect Dark since that initial CD trailer. Oh my god, right. Perfect Dark! Oh my god. oh my god, I totally forgot about that. Hell, we yeah. haven't seen Hellblade really. Like, like, like they show a little no, bit here and there. We, Dark, we saw we it with the, Hellblade. Yeah. Halo is dead essentially. I was going right. Halo fucking like fell out of the sky. 
It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. I, it's they, they, it, they've it, got a they've got a real management crisis at Xbox, and I just and don't like. I don't know what. I don't know how they fix it, but it feels no, it feels dire to me. I'm like no no disrespect to Phil. He seems like a a very nice guy and stuff like sure. that. But like the playing the nice guy boss thing like that at a trillion dollar company like Microsoft only works for so long before somebody who makes more money than you, who like lives in the shadows and no, the public has never heard of says, you got to get this working. You got to make this do this. And it's like, Oh, we got, uh, sorry, we got to lay off a, a, you know, a thousand people today or something like that. I, and, I, uh, it's your, I mean, I mean, the absolute fucking worst case scenario, which I, I think about sometimes in my dark moments is what if Phil Spencer continues to kind of manage this, um, uh, this thing, you know, and not, and not the most optimal way. And then it comes time to, uh, to kind of figure out the putting a bow on the whole Activision Blizzard thing. And they're like, you know, our shareholders would really feel better if Bobby Kotick was the person in charge of, oh, uh, Microsoft oh, Xbox like relations and all this stuff. It's like, I don't think there's any real r- r- scenario in which that happens, but I am kind of like to your point near, it's like at some point, someone higher up the chain with more money, with more, uh, aggressive shark like vision is going to come in and swoop in and do it. We just saw it with WWE and endeavor, you know? <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. I, I am kind of wondering like how long, how much longer they really kind of let this, let this go because if they don't have a couple of big games that come out this year and really make a splash like this feels very odd to me i mean to, the to, good to, news for spencer is it's like it's actually a fairly easy fix because right now it's a it's a it's not a matter of like nice guy i think and no he, he he gets these studios he's like these studios have already put out games they right. know what they're doing just let them leave, leave it to them to do but the second you start giving them like not unlimited but a lot of funding more funding than they've had ever before you they lose the impetus to put out games the way they did. Right. And I think that is the logic of well Ninja Theory is just gonna put like they did Hellblade in a timely indie style fashion. Like we can just let them do that. But now you are like putting the pressure on them to be a graphical showcase, be a first person sh- or first party showcase, be all that stuff. That game is gonna take a lot longer to do. It's gonna need a lot more management and handholding than it ever did before. Right. Which yep. they're just not like they don't have the producers who are used to doing that. Right. Yeah. No, they're not. They're not. And they honestly don't seem like they're attracting that talent for like in that way. Like, I mean, obviously there's a lot of, I don't mean to just say that in a way that like I'm, I'm implying there aren't a ton of talented people at Microsoft, but I can't think of like anybody right now who's like coming from out of there and like wants to go work for Microsoft. Cause like everybody in those positions who are like those big, you know, kind of like visionary type people who are good at leading projects and stuff like that in a lot of cases are often making their own studios now. Like the right. number of like studios that you've heard of, especially in the wake of like Activision Blizzard, like they're not acquiring a bunch of like high level people from, from Activision Blizzard. Cause all those guys left like mm. six years ago when they saw the writing was on the walls and right. when they knew that to you go going do down and those Starcraft, guys making... but not Starcraft. Right. Uh, Warcraft, uh, uh, I was literally thinking Warcraft. of that. Right. Yeah. 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 You're so right. Yeah. I don't know. There, there's a lot of, there's a lot of struggle in the industry. Ubisoft is struggling. Everyone's struggling. Not because they got Vince Ampella there and he knows how to fucking right. ship games, but 
I'm genuinely worried about Vince's like work life balance, like and not to be parasocial and weird about it. But like every time I hear it's like and Vince Van Zampella is the director <laughs> yeah, yeah. of the of Dead Space 2 right. remake. And yeah. it's just like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> Isn't yeah. he already working on six games and yeah. we're bringing him in to fix battlefields yeah. and he's working on the new Apex Legends update and he's doing this. It's just like the EA like solution right now just seems to be like throw Vince at the problem. Right. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I will say I saw him at the, the Jedi Survivor preview and he looked fairly relaxed. Yeah. Um, he always looks relaxed. Remember when they announced Follower with they just yes. it was just him in the audience being like, <laughs> We're making a new oh, Star Wars yeah. game. It's gonna be around the prequels. All right, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> it's great stuff. And he's like he's like leaning back in his chair and that stuff, and they're like, What can you tell us about it? It's just like love Star Wars. Love Star Wars. It's really cool. <laughs> uh uh, we're, we're, we're getting close to wrapping up. So I want to really quickly talk about Rowdy four. Oh sure. yeah, let's do uh, it. That game is fucking great. I'm, <laughs> I'm on plus plus game at this point. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I, I finished it. I'm like, I'm not ready to be done with this. And I started it again and I finished that and I was like, well, I unlocked the infinite rocket launcher. So I might as well just keep playing. Like, <laughs> I, I played Resident Evil four, the, the original, probably like eight. Times wow. overall, okay. like, I, I, it's a very fun game to just like go through and like yeah, get sure. good at. And like, yeah, I yeah, know yeah. this is a, this game in most ways is better, yes. uh, but there are some ways where I'm like, you didn't need to pull back on this level of goofiness, or I'm disappointed, like. X room is not like I'm disappointed the lava room isn't in there. It never made sense that like Salazar imported lava right into but his it was castle. Still fun though, Insane. yeah, yeah, or the but, big like, doll. Yeah, so the the big doll is kind of there, but it's not as goofy. Yeah, it's not as goofy. Yeah. How how far did you get in that game, John? Or uh, I got I, it's I'm I'm still in the castle, but I've watched okay. a couple of playthroughs of the uh, of the of the remake. Yeah, like there's there's stuff like Sadler and Salazar don't FaceTime you every three seconds anymore. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is like. Monster. I guess it makes sense that Leon is not stopping to like talk to Sadler before, sure. like, but then it the way it works out is you actually meet him like towards the end of the game, and Leon just like shoots him, and it's like he, he doesn't die obviously, but right. like I, I do appreciate that Leon just doesn't want to talk in this remake. He just yeah. wants to shoot people and move on, but all of them obviously take more than multiple sh- shots to the head. Uh, yeah, game is very good. I don't. I'm still not convinced Resident Evil 4 needed a remake, but it's a right. very fucking good remake. Sure. And, and I, uh, it's so good that it, everyone has the same question, which is which one is getting remade next? I honestly think they need to do Code Veronica as not a remake, mm. just a full tear down and like you start from the same, yeah, start from the same premise, but you drop everything because. As far as I know, there are multiple remakes in the, in the works. That I, makes sense, yeah. I, I'm not sure which is coming out first. I know they're, like, aiming for some anniversary dates, too. But, yeah, it's... It, they God. they know what butters their bread at this point, and it is, like, what if we remake games that are critically acclaimed and, and sold well? Well, and also and, nobody cares about, like... I mean, that's not true. I actually literally know at least two people who do care about the lore of Resident Evil. Yeah, and I was would about like to, to say, know what happens next. Yeah, I think there's a lot uh, of people who care about me. that. But I have come on. all of Village and the DLC, and I am waiting <laughs> for what comes next. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think there's... Uh, 
I don't think they needed to remake four, but I do think it plants the seed of opportunity, which they probably didn't even need to really plant because two and three had already done pretty well. But it, it does plant the seed for honestly exactly what Mike is suggesting, saying like, let's deconstruct Code Veronica. The bones of something are basically already there. The basic like outline of this is there. We can remake this. And then they have really an opportunity, whether they see it like this or not, and I, I have my doubts, of kind of erasing everything negative that you could say about five, right? Like they could, yeah. they could go back and say, Hey, this is going to be a little bit of an expensive project, but like, let's, let's, let's remove the stuff about that game that both mechanically and thematically did not work. And there's some serious racism stuff in, in five that, yeah. uh, that I wouldn't even say has not aged well. It was really wack it was at, bad the at the time. God, like, it was really bad. It was headline time. news at the time. Right. I remember playing so, it. I was like, oh, like okay, this is this is bad, but not like the worst thing ever. I can understand why people have bad. problems with it. And then you get to like the you get, spear chunkers. Get to the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yep. a literal Looney Tunes, Darkest Africa kind of shit. Um, so yeah, like uh, they have an opportunity to to undo that if they want to, and and I think they should. Um, and I don't know, I, cause there's still stuff that they could do in that. And they're obviously good at these remakes and it's and like, I, yeah. And they could maybe, you know, remake it so that you could, you know, maybe, I don't know, play it alone. Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah sure. Right. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I mean, I almost imagine at that point, like they just make it and it's just like a single player game and you choose at the beginning, like Resident Evil one, do you play mm-hmm. as Shava or do you play as Chris? And then they show up. Right. Yeah. Points. Yeah, I, um, that's true. They, they they did some decent work in RE4 of like lessening the weirdness of that game because mm. like it was a product of its time in a lot of ways. Like uh, our former colleague Diego wrote about how they drastically improved the Spanish, right? Which yeah. is like yeah, they did. Like not a thing they necessarily needed to do because that game was always weird and goofy. But it's good that they did that. Uh, like there's just. Leon is no longer just going into a town and just starts blasting. Right. He, he does kind of get pushed into it a little bit. It, it, I think they they realize that you can't put out that exact same game again. And I assume if they do remake RE4 or RE5, they will try. There's only so much you can do to that thing, though. It That one yeah. is Chris goes to a, a primarily black country and just starts blasting. Like, there's only. Uh, so I mean, weird. I don't know. I, 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 yes, it would, it would take. It would take more work creatively in the. I mean, because I don't know, like, what are you, you're you're not like you're not like re. They made all that shit for RE4 remake from the ground up. I mean, they had a template, yeah. but it's like right, right. Like I I don't know if it's like that big of a project. At you know, I don't mean to sound like a person that's like, well, just click the click the multiplayer check mark. Unkick no, the multiplayer. box. Right, right. right. <laughs> I, I know it's 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 harder than that, but I I also don't. Once I once I kind of saw how lovingly made I think RE4 was and how robust that game is, I'm like, I don't know. I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. I, I, I think, wasn't sure before, but once I played halfway through or whatever, I'm like, I, I bet they could do it. So the problem is RE4 is lovingly made because RE4 is one of the best games of all time. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's true. That's true. That. And Resident Evil 5 is like is that not. game that's after RE4. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah. I'll say this. I have fond memories of RE5 because I played it co-op in the basement of like my best friend's like sure. house right. with two TVs pushed next to each other. And we played it all in one sitting uh, up to the morning, like, uh, you know, at 5 a.m. or whatever and like beat it and stuff like that. Um, so I have a soft spot for this game. And even I'm like, yeah, but what's there? Like... 
is there in it like the boulder punching thing is funny yeah. But like, there's not a lot to like that I can specifically point to and say like I loved this about Resident Evil Five specifically, in or fact, Resident Evil Two. But like, in fact, like if you're a fan of Jill Valentine, that's like the worst fucking game. It's so it, like, uh, so it is like character assassination bad. We've been so yeah, we've <laughs> right. been we've been talking about all like the, the racism stuff. There's also weird like a weird, very fetishy stuff in there about like the 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 Jill Valentine like bimbification TF mind yeah. control stuff with um with uh, uh what's his name Wesker Why did Wesker dye her hair? I, uh, I her hair. Who like, knows? The late like the sexy lady uh, sidekick to Wesker that gets like horribly mutated into a monster in a very like weird <laughs> gross way. Um, which Capcom is still not like they're not they're better about it, but they're still not perfect because that Resident Evil three in the remake also had that re- weird, really, really rapey scene with Jill against the big bug monsters and stuff like that. If you yeah. like get attacked in that thing, that scene fucking sucks. Yeah, that's uh, it's weird. I mean, I, yeah. I imagine like one of the big things you could do is you could make Shiva more of a character. Sure. Like yeah. I, I was playing that game semi recent, like within the last five, six years. And I don't think Wesker even knows Shiva's name. I don't think he ever <laughs> yeah. talks to her. Like, like he's the the main villain and one of the main characters literally have no dialogue together. Right. And she just like doesn't show up and like, I'm sure she's in one of the movies or something like that. I'm sure like uh, Shiva Alamar exists she somewhere. She really but. is not. Like no, literally she's, she's completely just, behold. They just Weird. did Death she's, Island and they brought Rebecca back before they yeah. bought <laughs> She's referenced oh, yeah. in, a, in a note in RE6, I think, is the only thing. Interesting. Yeah, Death Island has Chris, Jill, and by the way, uh, the, the new facet of Jill's personality is literally dealing with the whole Westgurfication moment yeah. in her She life. doesn't age anymore, conveniently. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so it's Chris, Jill, Guys. Claire, Leon, and Rebecca. And I was just like, wait, Rebecca? Really? From zero? I... Rebecca Chambers? <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, but okay, sure. Yeah. No, a character she, who she got, like, it. put to the side in her own game. God. Because, what's his name? Billy? Billy was way better in almost every way. Oh, sure. Yeah. Weird. Weird. But Resident Evil is weird. Kind of kind of always has been. And, like, the remakes are kind of, like, giving a... I think, also, it's very funny because you were talking about, like, there's multiple remakes in the work. I was like, oh, are they going to remake Dead Aim? Like, <laughs> what a weird and storied okay. franchise full of just <clears throat> bizarre spin-offs. I mean, we're so here's a weird things. thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spoil a little bit of RE4 remake here. They reference Operation Javier in that game. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a thing from Dark Side Chronicles where... Yeah. What? Where Krauser and Leon go on a secret mission to go take out a drug lord, and like he has like obviously biochemical alligator whatever, and like for some so RE4 remake goes further and kind of retcons Dark Side Chronicles mm. by like almost it I don't know if it ever actually like outright says but it, the implication is the Leon was not there in RE4 huh. remake, but in Dark Side Chronicles, he's one of the two characters. Like, he's there. So Right, it's him and Claire. Yeah, so they're retconning a retcon at this point, at which point maybe you just reboot the series. Because, like, that, <laughs> right, we're, we're right. getting too far at this point. I mean, at this point, like, the, the soft reboot is just, like, now it's about... It's about the Winters family, right? Yeah. It's just... A, it's about... Um, what's I don't know what the kid's name is. I forget. Oh, ba- fuck. I just played that DLC. Baby. Yeah. yeah. Mike, I do you know? Are you talking Rose? 
Heroes. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. The Nightmare of Rose was the last DLC was pretty much right. all Rose doing that, which is weird considering that in Village she was baby in separate jars that she put back together. Yeah. Again, I love Mega My Seat, shared memories. She um, was baby in separate jars. Just like Resident Evil Village. I watched yeah, a clip from a Resident Evil. She's like psychic powers, but also sort of trained by Chris because parent situation is weird. Yeah. So uh, yeah. She she seems to be like the the direction they want to go in that Resident Evil is a little bit more overtly supernatural while right. still sort of holding on to its right. Well, when Village was thing. announced, like people were like, Oh, are there like witches in this game? Like <laughs> Yeah, that was definitely a thing, and, and people seemed excited. <laughs> but I, I watched right. a, a clip from a Resident Evil movie recently, and we'll we'll end on this, and we'll call it yes. for the, the podcast. But like, the clip was there was this girl whose like father was like trying to save her like from a weird disease, so he put in parts of other girls into her and like killed those other girls or whatever. Mm. And Leon is talking to her, and she's like, "My whole life is fucked up." And Leon's like, "You need to live for the sake of the other girls inside you." And I'm like, "That's a fucked up thing to say to somebody." Yeah. <laughs> Leon. <laughs> like, Leon's Leon, very dumb though. So Leon whatever. is extremely bad at talking to teenage girls. God, like, I will, okay, last thing I will actually say before I wrap, I, as the host, wrap this episode up because John has got to get out of here, but I was just going to say one of the best changes to the writing that they have done in RE4 Remake is um, making Ada One much more much more overt about, like, calling Leon dumb and, yeah. like, a himbo. Like, the scene where Ada jumps out of the boat, she's like, don't think too hard, handsome. It's great stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that is good stuff. Also, for that. this on. time they, they fixed the thing where Ada jumps into a helicopter blade. Because like right. at the end of RE4, oh, yeah. she jumps straight down and a helicopter goes straight up, which doesn't make any sense. No, because she would have just dr- gone into the blood. This time they actually like she dodged it. They thought about it a little bit. <laughs> well, another thing that you all who are listening to this can think about is where to follow us on social media and all the other things. John, where can people find you? Damn, it's uh, great segue. Uh, you can find me <laughs> on Twitter at floppy adult. Uh, I've also got a podcast called The Sunday Scroll, which I think you should check out. Ooh. It's got three episodes up and. My last conversation with Julia Alexander was really good, so you should go. Newshound, Newshound John Warren on the beat. That's I sure. I I, I <laughs> my my role is to go. I'm a baby and I don't know anything. Tell me something about it, expert, and then and then they do, and then it's good. I'm well, not, another. I'm just I'm shamelessly using everyone else's brains. Well, somebody with a big brain, especially a big brain for news, is Imran Khan. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on our Patreon, which funds this podcast at proscons.com, P-R-O-S-E-K-H-A-N-S.com. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Imran Z-O-M-G, as long as Twitter still keeps existing, which I've been saying for months, it feels more like precarious now than usual. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mike, where can people find you? You can find me every day at fanbyte.com, writing about Final Fantasy 14, or you can find me on Twitter until it dies. Uh, <laughs> or you can find me on Substack at Stuff Worth Knowing, which is stuffworthknowing.substack.com. Hell yeah. yeah. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Teneriumsdrum, N-E-R-I-U-M-S-T-R-O-M. For the time being, I'm also over at fanbyte.com. We'll see how much longer that lasts. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I couldn't say. Uh, and beyond that, you can... Come with us over to the bar real quick. We got a potion here for you. What is that? It's blue. 
Mana. That's what the color of mana is. And mm. A lot of people don't know this. The Bible is not clear on what color mana is, but turns <laughs> out, blue. Video games got it in one. And we're going to crack it open and give ourselves a nice old 